Welcome to a football show. Draft week is finally here. Zach Lyons, Braden Gall here on a football show. It's about stinking freaking time. The NFL draft is here. We've got a great party for you guys planned on Thursday evening. We'll tell you all about that, of course, presented by Sinkers Beverages and the Kingston Group. We'll have we still have a few tickets left. Not many, Zach. We've sold some tickets over the weekend. We got a few left. Uh, so we'll give you access to that. Of course, you can sign up and come hang out with us uh, at uh, track one there in Wedgwood, Houston. Sinkers Beverages, the reigning defending champions of liquor stores in Nashville. Uh, 2022 best of liquor stores in Nashville, of course, bringing you this here product. Uh, man, I don't know, dude. What, what a weekend. We got rumors to get to. We're going to talk about some of the rumors that have been floating all over the weekend. We just got done listening to Rand Carthon, not Mike Rabel, uh, talk for about 45 minutes about draft week, his first draft a week. Whole, a talk about a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah, not a, not a lot. I've got a lot written down, and I'm not sure how valuable any of it is. Um, and then, of course, if you missed Thursday's show, complete offensive preview. Every position, every round of the draft, where should the Titans be targeting certain players at each position in terms of not just like our top five, but value as well within the draft rounds one through seven. We're going to go through that process today with defense. Uh, so a complete defensive preview of the draft coming up on Thursday evening. Again, um, come to the draft party, Sinkers vac- uh, event space, catered by Jaspers. All the money goes to uh, charity to, pr- to help our kids. Uh, you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. We're going to have some special guests. Some We're going to have giveaway. a Texans fan there as well. So uh, a listener of the show, Sean, he is going to be there. And he's already threatened uh, <laughs> lives if Levis is a Houston Texan. So, you know, uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be, it's going to be great to have a Texans fan there. Uh, maybe some other, uh, we, I know there's a chiefs fan, but if the Texans royally screw this up and draft will Levis, <laughs> it, it will get really, um, it will, it will get really nasty and loud from my direction towards the Texans fan. Listen, trolling He'll just for- have to take it. <laughs> trolling for for trolling for charity is still charity work okay uh there there may or may not be a colts fan in attendance as well and so i'm curious the only thing that brings everyone together titans fans texans fans and colts fans is the distaste for will levis <laughs> yes that's, that's about it sorry qc hawk no travel vouchers if you're coming in from iowa but if you're going to drive in from iowa to come to the draft party i'll just pay for your ticket how about that that's the 40 oh, bucks I will, I will donate to charity um and uh donnie hope you're feeling better of course uh or no congratulations uh, i suppose uh in, pending pending a uh, new addition to the family there for donnie so congrats early congrats on that hope everything goes well for you guys uh this week okay so kingston group sinkers you guys know Should the drill we just take the Go party to the hospital and bring a tv and all the liquor and just tailgate at the hospital for the birth uh, Donnie, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think Mrs. Donnie would appreciate the live stream she, element. She, well, we don't have to live stream the birth. We, I don't want to be in the room when she's shitting the table and shitting herself. I, I just want to be could be fun in in the uh, in the lobby area. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, Stony, what's the name? Of, track one is the name of the venue. It's in Wedgwood, Houston. It is the Sinkers Event Space. Um, I'll get all these details. I'll get to you guys. Um, it's a fantastic location. Uh, I mean, you bought a, really a ticket, cool it's going to be on the fucking ticket. <laughs> I, I, I sure hope it is. <laughs> uh, it's a really, and, and parking is free, by the way. Parking yeah, is totally free. free. Big old parking lot down there, man. And and we're going to be there through the end of the first round. So uh, a lot of picks, a lot of picks, a lot of fun, a lot of booze, a will, lot of food. Will Stoney make it by the time the Titans pick? I have a feeling that Stoney's <laughs> going to be really late to this. He'll be out there. Uh, he'll be out there wandering around Fourth Avenue, thirst trapping about pick nine. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Uh, all right. All right, I'm just first of all, we'll get to Rand Carthon's press conference. So many rumors flir- uh, swirling around the NFL draft, particularly with the Titans. And of course, uh, we'll do our entire defensive preview. But I'm just genuinely excited, dude. I think we are going to have a wild top 10. It's finally here. Even I talked Carth- myself out that no- nothing's going to happen in the top 10. <laughs> it's going to be boring. This is, this is all NFL trade deadline hype. Like all this hype and we're building all these crazy rumors and all these crazy fantasies are in every team's uh, head right now. I mean, you got the Steelers wanting to trade up for an offensive tackle. You got teams calling about number three for an offensive tackle. No trades are going to happen in the top 10. That's my bold prediction early on a Monday is that I, it is just going to roll like normal. It, but but I, I think you could be right, but I don't think that means it's going to be predictable right like even if no trades happen it still could be what does houston do it too what do the colts exactly do it for? like we all thought like 
Well, and I, I already thought that Houston wouldn't take a quarterback. So I guess maybe that doesn't count. But at this point, I, I think it's just going to roll. It's going to be boring. It's going to be the most boring NFL draft. We'll be like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> but which, but even which quarterback goes one is, and I know Bryce Young is the betting favorite, but even which quarterback goes one dictates what could happen at two, what could happen at four, what could happen at five, what could happen at seven, what could happen at 11. So uh, we're going to have a little trivia, by the way, at the event uh, with some giveaways, some gift cards and some booze to give away, some fancy booze. Um, and of course, if you can predict the person who predicts the top 10 most accurately is going to get some door prizes. So again, buy some tickets, come on out, help some kids, watch the, the draft, have some fun with us. Uh, Kingston Group and Sinkers, of course, making this happen. QC says... What do you? This is where we're going to get started. What do you make of? And it says we're going to get get into it right now. Um, Rand Carthon today said that um, basically Ryan Tannehill and he sat down in February, had a conversation, and that Ryan Tannehill is exactly where he stands on uh, with the team. And I want I want you to I want I want to I want you Zach to tell me what was said in that meeting to Ryan Tannehill because I have my own opinion, but I want to know what you think Rand Carthon said to Ryan Tannehill in that meeting in February. Hey, don't be alarmed that we're going to be looking at quarterbacks. That's, <laughs> that's that's what he said. I mean, like, what else is there to say? Like, you're on the last year of your deal. Uh, we may talk extension after the draft. I don't know. But, you know, hey, um, you know, we're going to have to look at some quarterbacks. He probably said Malik ain't it. You know it. I know it. We both know. Everybody knows that Malik Willis isn't it. So we got to find your quarterback of the future, your, your replacement, your heir to the throne. And uh, don't be alarmed. You know, we don't want to have an Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love situation. Yeah, I think uh, that that's kind of what can, I thought. Can we, too. can we take a pause real quick? Because the yeah. S2 guy, Brandon McNally, is on Pat McAfee right now. That's what I was listening to on my phone. Um, and he said that at least at least two of the scores aren't accurate. But he refuses to come out and say that it's CJ Stroud's score. Mm. Master class in public relations by them he even brought up lawyers and you know you know all this stuff in at the beginning talking about like he had talked to his lawyers or and all this stuff i, I could barely hear it because you're talking in one ear i'm trying to yeah, pay attention to both doing I'm, a, I'm on a show <laughs> but master class did not say which two scores because tyson yeah. badgent's score came out this week and he could be talking about tyson badgent and uh jay kaner's score and they could be off by one percent right like he's not even saying Anything other than th that two scores were wrong. Maybe Anthony Richardson scored a 70 instead of a 79. It's just, it's funny. Yeah. To me. Well, and I've got an S2 part of our rumor conversation from the weekend will involve some S2 stuff that I think it's, it's maybe just more clarification than anything else. But I do think I agree with you. It's look, Ryan, you are our quarterback, but we have to listen to trade offers and we have to do diligence on the draft class that's coming out because we're picking higher than we have in a long time. You you're, you're a certain age and a certain stature and your contract says certain things. And, I think it's all pretty self-explanatory. I don't think that that was, uh, you know, I like that he was like, oh, I'll give you a peek behind the curtain. We had a meeting. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's your job. Your job is to have meetings with players. I, at I find all it time. interesting that he hasn't talked to like uh, Derek Henry in about a month and a half. And I guess that would be right at the right at the time that the combine rumors started. Mm. So that would have been the last time he talked to him. And, and spare me. Spare me the victory lap people are taking right now saying, oh, this is my GM. He's not trading Derrick Henry. Uh, I call 100% <laughs> bullshit that he's, he said himself, I have not received trade calls about Derrick Henry. That is a 100% lie. That is that is like, I am five Jim Wyatt's confident that that is a fucking lie. <laughs> we, we are going to get it. We'll, we'll, we will bring out the Jim Wyatt scale of confidence in just a moment. Uh, that he doesn't drink coffee. I find that uh, disturbing because I don't trust the person who doesn't drink coffee. Uh, I don't drink coffee. I'm I, with him. That's my I, favorite part. Cause me and him I'm, we're Celsius buds. I've never trusted you either. Um, I, you, you know, shouldn't. trust your, trust your board vertically and horizontally. Um, it, a lot of stuff in here. I think I like that. He thought the wide receiver and offensive line is deep. And that's what we've said. We we yep. have said this this class is a lot deeper than people want to give it credit for because they're looking for the big flashy players. But I just go back to 2017, and that was a shitty wide considered a shitty wide receiver class. And you and all your depth and good players came from the the late rounds. And I think right. that's what he's alluding to. And I, same with offensive line. I I think I think this is a lot deeper class in those situations i don't agree with the quarterback class of being deep i think that's a little bit of a stretch it's but um it's all about I, the I, thought where. Was, I thought it was interesting and it, it seems like he has more first round grades than everybody else every other gm in this league does 
which, which would lead him to trade down in theory. Uh, what, what's interesting is that he never says, though, where, though, right? Because it can be deep in different places. We, you and I have said on this show for a long time that the wide receiver and the offensive line classes are deep in rounds like two through five. Like, it's deep in the middle. The quarterback class is deep at the top and then falls off and is gone. So, like, he didn't actually clarify any of that, but he, he mentioned it. Uh, one of the interesting – first of all, let me ask you this. Mike Vrabel was supposed to be at the press conference. He's not. Is that a sign of anything at all? Is that a sign of trust on Mike Vrabel's part that he just trusts Rank Harthon to do it or that he's just too busy? Like anything at all to be read into that or nothing at all? Repeat it again. I'm sorry. You Vrabel, cut out just a little bit for me. Vrabel not being there. Is that a sign of Vrabel just trusting Rand to handle it or no well, sign of anything whatsoever? He, why he wasn't there. He said, dude, we got players and coaches and, you know, Vrabel doesn't. Vrabel probably is like, thank God I don't have to go. Or he probably right, said, he probably said, hey, do you really need me for this? I, you know, I got a couple players here. I got a couple staffers. You know, do you really need me to go out here and talk and sit next to you? He's like, nah, I don't need you. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it, there's anything really to be read into it. It's no, frankly, I it's, mean, it's, you know, it's just typical PK overlook. Well, I, so the, the one I do like that I think is interesting where he kind of talked about the trade prospects and refielding phone calls. And he he was asked about it a lot with Intel and GMs doing their business. And he knows by, by Thursday, he'll know who the actual trade partners are that want to come up or want to go back. I thought the one the one line early in the press conference that I thought was interesting was that he said, we're probably going to err on the side of saying no. That just means the obviously that just means the offer has to be great. What a really great offer to move up or a really great offer to move back but we're probably going to err on the side of saying no. I don't know if that was interesting to you, but I thought, you know, he, he kind of gave us a, a little bit of a hint that they might be picking at 11 there, maybe. Yeah, I I think they're trading out. Like, I, I, I would so. say I would say right now that if I had to bet money, I would bet that they trade back. I am almost firmly convinced that they trade back and they're drafting Hinden Hooker, and that's what we're going to be talking about, and everybody's going to be celebrating and all that stuff because they have done so much research on Hinden Hooker. You mean in the first round? Yeah. Okay. They're so going like, to trade back in the first round, back okay. back a few spots, and probably okay. draft Hinden Hooker. Um, like if they dra I, if they fail if they trade with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and because that's been the rumor, the Steelers have called. The, the Tennessee Titans, according to Todd McShay, if they trade back to 17, I could totally see Hidden Hooker being the pick. Man, that still seems early, in my opinion, for Hooker. Oh, it's, it's, I... it's totally early. It'd make okay. me vomit, and I'd be pissed. I would not be happy about it. <laughs> I, please do not confuse my prediction for the level of happiness I would have, because it would be my happiness would be like, you better get out the, the plastic tarps like um, the te the Texans <laughs> fan for Will Levis. I'd be pretty Donnie, angry. Donnie, I just puked, and I'm a Vols fan. I like that, Donnie. Um, I, so a couple quick notes here about the wide receiver position. Uh, I thought that he was talking about, and, and running back in, in a package deal here, he was asked about Debo, he was asked about size, and one of the things he said was there's a lot of great running back value in this draft, but that they can do things like Debo Samuel. And so, it, you know, I think we have a a, a a thought about this team that they need to get at least two pass catchers, two receivers that could be a receiver in the first round and a really dynamic running back that does those things. Uh, Jameer Gibbs won't be available, but the first name I thought of was, was, was Tajay Spears uh, in the third round, potentially as a guy that can do a lot of the things that the wide receiver position could do. He called him a wide back. And then he mentioned about tank Dell that, that size wasn't that big of an issue for him. And I don't know what you, you I, that scares me. <laughs> I was going to say, I wanted to know if you do you think that that's some insight into how he views? Because there's a lot of Deuce Vaughn, you know, Marvin Mims, like there's a lot, of, you know, Tyler Scott. That, that would a be a terrible Vaughn, way to approach your first draft. All right. That's a good segue then, Zach, into our <laughs> into our rumors, because I want to ask you, Matt Miller tweeted this out. He said he talked to a first year general manager and the first year general manager. So how many Jim Watts? <laughs> uh, the first year general manager basically said. You, you, you want to hit a double, I'm paraphrasing here, but you want to hit a double instead of striking instead of strike out swinging for the fences. It, your first draft matters maybe more to yourself. I, I don't he, there's I don't know how many first year GMs there are in the NFL off the top of my head. I know there's a handful, but I it, may, it doesn't sound like it was ran necessarily. But how do you think being a first time general manager affects Rand's decision making? How, how much of a how much reality should that matter to him? Do you, are you asking, do I think that he's thinking, well, I'm a first-year GM, 
and I got to do this or I got to make sure that we do this as a team because I am a first year GM. Is that what you're asking? Yes. And maybe just being more conservative because it's your friend. Rand said it today. He's like, I don't really know exactly what to expect in all these different situations. I've got to come into this sort of open eyed and open ear to all of this. Does that affect? I mean, certainly having 30 years of experience is a good thing, but like, do you, do you maybe not swing for the fences, not take the quarterback, do something a little bit more, more safe because you don't, you're not, no, you haven't done it before. No, in fact, I'd almost think that you would be what the first guy said in Matt Miller's piece. You'd swing for the fences because it's your first shot and you know you're going to have another year. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. technically, how many GMs are fired after their first year? Not many. Um, I, I don't know if I know of one actually that's been fired after their first year. Um, so, yeah, I would be more apt to think that you probably because I look at it this way. Typically, from what I've seen in business, um, when you get a new young manager that comes in, they want to make a name and they want to put their stamp on it. Being conservative would not be the stamp. Being a wheeler and dealer kind of would in the NFL draft world. That's how I would view it. Like you always bring in your your ideas and everything. And from everything that we've heard, Rand, this isn't it's Rand Carthon's draft as GM, but it's not Rand Carthon's first draft. So right. from he's handed whole days, he's been involved in whole days of drafts with San Francisco. So I don't know if the limelight is going to get to him like uh, some maybe some other GMs would, some other first year GMs. I feel like I, I think that it, at the end of the day, he's going to make a decision that gets him the most players. And that's why I'm kind of moving off of them trading up because I look at the history of San Francisco and their average of eight draft picks a draft. And I just think if he's got a big, as big board for with first round grades as he has alluded to, which most GMs will come out and say, I only got 15 or I got 12, which is ridiculous because there's 32 players get drafted in the first round. You need to, you need to have tiers to your first round grades, I feel like. Just doing a first round grade is ridiculous. He alluded that he's going to be comfortable moving up, moving back, wherever. I think he's moving back. I think he is he his play is going to be moving back and picking up extra picks. Uh, I I think moving I think trading back is the number one should be the number one vote. If I'm a Titans fan, the number one thing I want to have happen is to for them to trade back, add an extra second, add an extra third, add a fourth, whatever it might be. Uh, and I know we we can if you want to go stacking the inbox, stackingtheinbox.com, sign up. There's a you've got the whole trade value for all those different places. If it's it was New a England, good little exercise, right? Because I mean, you look at it, you're like, okay, well, if they're going to trade back, you have to include in the first round. Basically, everyone from 12 all the way down to 31, technically, since Miami's forfeiting their pick. And then I still think the trade back, the value is at 41. I think that is where they trade back. That is the strategy to trade back because you pick up so many valuable mid-round picks and you can get you can get extra thirds, stay in the second and get extra thirds. You can get uh, fourths, fifths. I mean, you can you can really clean house with the pick 41. Uh, Andrew uh, says trade back unless Jackson Smith and Jigba is there at 11. I think he will be there. I think he's the pick, but I think they would prefer to move back. Um, you, you've got, so here's just, the reason this is important is Houston could be drafting a quarterback at 12, not two. And so you've got new England at 14, Washington at 16, Tampa at 19, and maybe even Minnesota at 23. That could be interested to go up. We know Pittsburgh could be interesting for an offensive lineman. You know, the Packers are probably interested in a receiver or, a, or a tight end. So there's a lot of different things that could happen there. Um, I, I think what's interesting is, I think Carthon is a like fourth round guy. I just think he loves players in rounds like that's where three. he's been working, right? I mean, yep. he works three the day five. three of the draft, and I, I'm I am a day three drafter. Like that is to me, I don't care about the first round. Like if I am a GM, I am taking the approach of unless I have a top three pick, I don't even want to draft in the in the first round. I want to pick up picks and I'll go round two and beyond because I feel like that is where the bread and butter of your offense from team to team, your defense, your depth, your starters are made up of mainly second to fourth or second to seventh rounders, not first rounders. Yeah. I mean, what you maybe have like per team if you're lucky, three starting first yeah. rounders maybe yeah. like. Give yeah. me a break. I'm out on them. 
Um, so I think we, we know Arizona is basically desperate. They're begging people to come take the third pick. I don't know um, what Andrew's saying that don't read the chat. I, I comment on the chat all the time in football and other efforts. I, mean, I, I went on a crazy uh, yelling streak last week about people in the chat. I spam the chat hardcore and you got mad at me for it. I, I so told you it, to it, quit yeah. spamming the chat. Quit, quit helping Mike let him swim on his own. <laughs> so Arizona's pretty desperate at three. That's a rumor that's come out. That's not the rumor that's come out, but that they're even, they're more interested in taking it. I, I think I think I'm, they've I'm, lost all trade value. I I agree. I think I think they don't. And they like overplayed where their at. hand. Yep, I agree with that. Um, the S two rumors. This is less of a rumor and more of just like because they like you said they've been doing some PR spin for the last couple of Ooh, days. They're doing some well. good PR spins. I love it. I do think it's important to remind because I saw one of the comments was from Bruce Feldman's piece in the Athletic about mm-hmm. um, you know basically Teddy Bridgewater was the one that stood stood out to me the most that 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 and and I think Carthon said this. He's only been working with him for about a month. They are a component of all of this, that it matters, but it, it, that it's not, it's, it's still tape. It's still getting to know the person in particular at the quarterback position. It's more about face-to-face interaction. Um, but that these, these Teddy Bridgewater scored really, really high on his S2, for example, but just doesn't have the pure talent to be a starting quarterback, but it's why he's a good backup is because he has really good processing skills. It, it, like, so I think there's, we have to, it's not a grain of salt that the S2 is nothing, it's that it's a component of all of this. And I think, you know, we've, we've been talking about the mental processing being very important for quarterbacks, also linebackers, safeties, centers. There's a lot of other positions that it matters right. as well. And, but and, I think and Grant Carthon brought that up specifically, which I thought was interesting because he said, it's not just quarterbacks. It's the S2 test right. is not just for quarterbacks. And he, you know, he brought up is like, okay, well, if you see a score that's going to make you, and it's bad, you're, it's going to make you go back and look at the tape. So cough, cough. Hey, whose scores are bad? Hendon Hooker and CJ Stroud, they're gonna go look at the tape again. And, yeah, and and that's what you gotta do, right? It's like going to the combine. When you get the athletic testing from the combine, you're like, ooh, I need to go back and look at that tape. Or yep. ooh, I need to go look at that yep. tape. So there's two different ways to say it. Uh I, I said on uh Chase and Michelle today that it's it's one piece of a 500 piece puzzle. It's it's really probably like one piece of a 20 piece puzzle, but it's 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 an important piece. It's not the be all end all. And yeah, the guy's saying, well, some of these scores don't have context and stuff like that because apparently someone rushed to an all star game and had a bad score, which would be Hidden Hooker, I would assume, or or the guys or something like that. Okay, maybe that's the case. And and like I said this morning, maybe C.J. Stroud is just not a good test taker. Or maybe he just woke up and he was just like, man, I'm just not in a good mood. Now, you, sometimes you have to be, in, you could be in a bad space and 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 not do well at something that day. At the All end right. of the day, these bad scores do matter, but they need to be at their their extra context. That's what it's yep. all about. Yep. Um, all right, so that leads us to the rumors of Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill. I've seen a few experts. I think it was Greg Rosenthal that ranked Ryan Tannehill as far more likely to be traded. I don't think that is as far-fetched as it sounds when you first see it. Um, I think it's interesting. He obviously has more value to a team than Derrick Henry does, so that's why it would be interesting. Uh, I think that's why he would probably be ranked ahead of Henry. I think there's less takers for Derrick Henry. There's less value for Derrick Henry, but what do you make of the – the talk of trades this weekend, is it just smoke? How many Jim Wyatts are we on the, the Derrick Henry and uh, Ryan Tannehill trade rumors this weekend? Uh, the Ryan Tannehill is a big duh. Like, I mean, nothing that Jeremy Fowler said isn't something that we've been saying since, like, November. <laughs> like, like when we were projecting how the offseason was going to go back in November. So, yeah, thanks, Jeremy Fowler. Thanks for catching up to everybody else. Um, the uh, I would say the Derrick Henry stuff is just more smoke. Now listen, it is a, it is a guy who just got on Twitter at like three o'clock in the morning and put it out. And it's Akbar. I'm not even trying his last name, Gab- Gabriella or whatever. Ninja Warrior host, former NFL player, co-host. Gabir Bajabiamila. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> uh, anyway, he is. Um, you know, he shares the same agent as Derrick Henry, Todd France. That's what you need to know. That's important because that lets you know that he heard a little something and he probably took it upon himself to say, oh, I'm going to help my bud Todd out. I'm going to use my following, my followers. I'm going to stir the pot a little this weekend and think that I'm helping Todd out. 
and I think this is coming. It's obviously came from the agent side of things because that's his connection, right? It's not coming from the Eagles or anything like that. His connection is Todd France. I don't think Todd wanted it out there or told him to do it. I think this is like, you know, it's like your buddy when you're out drinking and you give him a, it's, or here, here's a better one. It's like when your significant other tells you about their day and you take it upon yourself to try to give them solutions to fix it. And they tell you, no, I just want you to listen. <laughs> just listen. That's me. Just listen. That's, that's my problem. <laughs> yeah. Just listen. I don't want, I don't need you to talk. There's no solutions he needed here. He didn't get the message that you didn't need to talk. I just oh, want man. you to listen to me. The, the amount of times that I've, my wife's like, I don't want you to say anything. I just need you to sit there and acknowledge that I'm saying something to you. I'm like, okay, all right. Once you tell me to do that, I, I can do it. Um, all right. So here's the thing. Here's what I think. And this is this is um, from what I from what I believe, from what I think, from what I've heard. How about that? I think they want to trade Derrick Henry. Full full stop. <laughs> I, I think we talked wanna, about this. Listen. They want to trade all three of the guys. You cannot convince me they do not want to trade Ryan Tannehill. They do not want to trade Kevin Byard, and they do not want to trade Derrick Henry. And you cannot convince me that there have been conversations with other teams about those three players. I don't think there is much value for the Derrick Henry contract on the open market right now today. I think they are far more. I think they want Ryan Tannehill to stay a Titan far more than the other two, but I think they are open to any potential you know, other solutions that may happen. So if it's, if it's a trade, if it's a draft pick, whatever it might be, I think they are sort of more like one foot in one foot out with Tannehill. We want you, but only if you're our best option. And, and I think that's like, we, we don't want to have no option because Malik Willis ain't it. He, he don't hit. So like that, it's not him, but I think they want to move Derek. And so the question is, does anybody actually want him at that price point? And I don't think anybody does. So I think, I think they're, they're back. The question on Bayard is, as he admitted today, Rancarth, when they asked him to take a pay cut, the question is, can they give do an extension? And I think you and I have talked about it. It's not that difficult for them to do an extension for Kevin Byers. They don't. So. They don't listen. Any one of these guys, if they wanted to keep them here beyond this year, would have had a restructure and extension already. It yeah. is not hard. It saves the Titans money for them to do those two different things. They have not done any of those things. Yeah. So do not expect Kevin Byer, Derrick Henry, and Ryan Tannehill to be wearing two tone blue in 2024. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's clearly the last year for the running back and the quarterback. I think if it's they, clearly the last year for Kevin Byard unless they get a deal done. They will. Yeah, it's going to be cheaper to cut him next year than it was to cut him this year. Bingo. Uh, okay. Any other rumors you want to make sure we're presenting here? Um, his first draft. The Cardinals want to trade out. Duh. Uh, Houston passing on a quarterback. You've said that multiple times. Uh, Tannehill and Derrick Henry S two stuff. I think it's all. I think we got. I think we got. I just want to say that I think they've done a great job of being one of the main topics every day or every week in the NFL world, and that is something that Titans fans have craved. Right? They've want to have the national attention, and they're getting it. But they've also done a great job of not only getting the public. Uh, publicity but also the publicity is like 15 different messages their smokescreen is so thick it's like uh thelma oh what's uh her uh the other twin louise yeah is it is it louise well they're not twins thelma and louise was the was the movie but they're not oh twins, my I god think. i'm talking about smoke and you think i'm talking about thelma and louise I have no thelma idea. Is from the simpsons you don't watch the simpsons oh i, have, I haven't watched i'm a south park guy You've never watched The Simpsons, though. The yeah, twins from March's. I know. The, I know. I know. I know. The, they I know smoke the, like crazy. They yeah, smoke they do. Like crazy. <laughs> yes, they it's do. thicker than the smoke probably in their house with all their cats. <laughs> it is thick, and I love it because it, it's yeah. just there's confusion. There's conflicting narratives. Trades players are getting traded. Oh, we haven't taken trade calls. We're trading up. We're trading down. Oh, I think we're going to stick and pick. We're bringing in all these quarterbacks. Oh, here's our secret running back we brought in that nobody's going to tell us about. And Pat, just Patty. all this crazy stuff. Patty Delman and Patty. There you yeah. go. So, sorry. Listen, I, I like the Simpsons. I think the Simpsons is great. I, uh, I thought it was Thelma. I, I was uh I was all I was all over South Park. I moved on to South Park quickly when I was like in middle school. Um, which I realized is maybe an indictment of my character, but whatever. I think it's a great show. So uh all right. Be, listen, I this is all of the things you just said, Zach, are why I cannot wait for Thursday evening and our first round draft party, of course, sinkers beverages at track one. 
in Wedgwood, Houston. It is their private event space. We've done two multiple shows live from there. We're going to have special guests. We're going to do a live show when the Titans go on the clock, whether that's 3, 11, or back, back in the back there if they trade back. Um, we're going to have all you can eat, all you can drink. Jasper's is going to cater it for us. Um, there's going to be some prizes and some giveaway and some competitions. As I said, special guests. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, the link to buy tickets, all of the money goes to charity, goes to our kids foundation. So make sure you check out. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left. Not a lot. It's a very small gathering. Lots of family and friends going to be there. So it's going to be a good time. So come on out, hang out, watch the draft with us. Gonna, parking is free. Uh, all, of course, presented by Sinkers Beverages. They're going to have craft cocktails, some batch cocktails for everybody. So it's going to be pretty cool. So come hang out with us. Uh, we do appreciate it. Kingston Group, shout out to those boys, the Kingston Group as well. BuildKG.com is the website. They've been supporting this show for over two years now, uh, and we love them for it. So thank you guys. And if you need a, something, you know, big decision about your house, um, you know, renovation, custom build, they are a award-winning locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. Again, we are all about local, local, local support, local businesses, Kingston Group, BuildKG.com. Just look at their work, man. The work is awesome. It totally speaks for itself. Uh, it's going to be pretty awesome. <laughs> Stoney, I'm going to make Jaspers regret their decision to agree to this thing. So uh there's gonna be chicken wings there's gonna be pork sliders there's gonna be queso it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be a ton of fun so uh the link is in the youtube bio uh it's all over twitter as well at 440 sports so you can get all that stuff there okay you want to do our defensive preview here let's do it roll through the defense so a, a couple of questions sort of dictate where this conversation has to go uh for just first a broad question we've mentioned this before i think people need to be prepared even though it doesn't feel like the right strategy when you do the mock draft thing the simulators that with one of their first three picks, if they don't trade any extra picks or get any extra capital, that one of those first three picks is, could be a defensive player. Uh, how likely do you think it is that that, that that pick at 11, that first round pick, maybe even if they trade back, is a defensive player? If they trade back, I, I think it still could be a defensive player. But I, 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 I think that's the way it has to go. I, I, unless Will Anderson falls to 11 or Christian Gonzalez falls to 11 i think those are the only two guys that are top 10 picks that if they fell to 11 the tennessee titans would would pick so we're I gonna think it's just will anderson and christian gonzalez so then everybody else is just trade back i would completely agree with those two i might put devin witherspoon in that group one of those no i think maybe. devin witherspoon's i i think devin witherspoon is great but i think his hype right now is is getting a little out there so let's get into the edge rusher here because well, I guess let me ask you this. In general, top three rounds or draft, do you think they prioritize edge rusher or corner in their mind? Because I think it's corner. I, I would agree that I bet they have more corners with second round grades or late first grades than they do edge it when their pick came up. Okay. I, I tend to agree with that. Top out, it's like I I I think that the the corners that they're going to have on their board are going to be really high compared to maybe some other people. I I think I know where you're going with that. We'll get to our corners in just a second, but let's so let's focus on edge here. And it, it, so no one else other than Will Anderson at eleven you would approve of, whether that's Nolan Smith, whether that's Tyree Wilson, whether that's my guy, my guy Lucas Van Ness. Nobody at eleven <laughs> appeals to you, right? No, uh, I'm good. Uh, you could take your uh, Kmart JJ Watt and throw him to the side. Don't need him. Uh, I don't need the head case Nolan Smith, who's a noted liar. And I think Tyree Wilson is just going to be Caleb Farley, but you know he's going to be in a wheelchair because of his legs. All right, so let's go then. Let's start with your your top five. Where do they draft? Where do they draft defensive ends, and who do you like, and, and where? I, there's only two defensive ends slash edge players that. I think that you just have to take at 41 if they're there. And I don't think they're going to be there. That's why I say you have to take them. And I think that's our boy 8-8 out of Northwestern and uh, Will McDonald the fourth out of Iowa State. I think if those guys are there, you have to take them. Uh, 80 Tommy Wa, 80 Ibarre. <laughs> yeah, you just call him Tommy. It's 8-4. I just call him 8-8. 80 Barre is... Is how you say his last name, A Addy Barre. I I'm gonna I'm gonna screw this up. Addy just say eight eight. Hey, I'm I'm doing it for I, you. Eight eight. I know. He goes by Tommy. <laughs> Tommy. Um, he's also at six two two eighty two. Like you could call him an interior defensive lineman in that Danico Autry kind of sense. But um, I, so I have B J Ojolari in the second round would be a guy I would be very seriously considering. Uh, uh, I wouldn't. But he's more of a Harold Landry clone 
in terms of what he does, work ethic, got every skill, total ball player, but 6'2", 248. He's kind of, he's not a big, large guy that plays traditionally with his hand in the dirt the entire time. I, I, I really want, I want to like Will McDonald. I, I have him on my list, but he's like he's fifth or sixth. He's just so down. athletic and good. I mean, that is a blank slate of a guy that, like, if you have him, Harold Landry, and Arden Key, they're going to be in the backfield in, like, uh, as soon as you snap the ball, they're all so freaking fast. I mean, it's just ridiculous. The, my issue with McDonald is he's very raw. He, he's he's like like some perfect. of these other guys. Some perfect of these other for guys. the Titans. Like very it, raw. for me, that's perfect for Mike Vrabel. Like raw defensive prospects do not scare me away because Mike Vrabel and this defensive staff is that good. So yeah. raw defensive prospects do not scare me away. Yeah, QC says this too. McDonald gets pushed around again in, in with against the run as well. And there's a few of these guys. Um, I, Listen, I we like got to quit worrying about the run game on offense, and we got to quit worrying about the run defense. I am. I want to attack through the, the air and attack the quarterback. Well, that's but why that is, I, is a valid point. But I just want to do that. Yeah, like that's yeah. my my shift. Um. All right. So go. So you've got Will McDonald. And um, eight 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 eight, eight, eight as, number one always. Okay, so I've got BJ Ojolari, BJ Ojolari out of LSU. I love Derek Hall out of Auburn, but I have him in the third round. I would not take him until the third round. But you talk, you want to talk about speed, getting back to the quarterback, tackles for loss, sacks, power rush, physical against the run. I like Derek Hall in the third round if he's available. I think that's a really nice piece for them. Um, and I think again he can. I think he does everything you want to do, and he's a very disruptive player. So he'd be number two on my list. Uh, how much further? How many more players do you have in the first three rounds? Those are my only two. Oh, okay. I'm not taking. I'm not taking. If you don't have those two in the first three rounds to choose from, you you get better value later. It just skip it. If Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame is there in the third round, how I'm do you out. feel about that? I'm out. It depends on what they do with the draft, I guess, with the first two rounds of the draft. But I feel like the cornerbacks in the first three rounds are so plentiful that if you're going to go, you can't go two defensive picks. You, no. You're setting yourselves up for failure. So I'm choosing. There's a lot of cornerbacks that I would take. Oh, everybody else, like, my, my it's all like six or seventh rounders for the rest of the way for me. It's Isaiah Land is a seventh rounder, DJ Johnson, a seventh rounder, and Yasser Abdullah. He's he's around a sixth or seventh, and I'm just like those guys. I'd be happy with walk away. It's a seventh round pick. You don't necessarily need edge. You do have Rashad Weaver. You do have Arden Key. You do have Harold Landry. So if you are getting one of these guys that provides you flexibility, like an Isaiah Land who can play inside and outside, that seems like a perfect fit for the Tennessee Titans. I I think it goes without saying that if you take an edge with one of your first three picks that you probably needed to have traded back in the first round to acquire an extra pick. Like you, yeah. if you have a luxury pick, you can take an edge player because this draft is loaded with really good players at that position. I like Foskey in the third round at best, but 6'5", 265, uh, super disruptive. He can play off the ball. He's played two-point stance, three-point stance. He's played everywhere. Motor, 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 super productive. Very well coached in Freeman with, with Kelly and Freeman. See, even even Huxley likes that pick. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I I like Foskey in the third, but again, the, none of these guys I don't think I would touch unless you have extra draft capital that you've acquired because of a trade back. Um. I do like the kid out of USC, Tui uh Tui Pelotu out of USC in the fifth round. If he's available in the fifth round, I really like him a lot. Just total ball player, super productive, power, effort, 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 great instincts. Not the best size. Um you know, at 6'3", 260, but there, I think there's some pieces. Maybe Zach Harrison, Ohio State. I like him later on as well. Um, I just am not a big fan of this edge class um, overall. Yeah, I'm just not the, – the, I just am like – they got Arden Key. If you get a guy, I just think the value is better to get a guy like Isaiah Lane or DJ Johnson just at the end. I mean, maybe even Nick Hampton – uh out of Appalachian State he's another guy I just think like the seventh and sixth round for the edge class if you can't get one of the premier guys I think that's where you got to go I think draft strategy wise that's I just can't yeah. get out of that I can't can't get away from it I, I started this exercise with the two names at the second round pick were Ojolari and McDonald and if one of those two is available it would be hard to pass on one of those two at 41 or wherever they may be traded. I back think it'd to. be very easy to pass on BJ or Jalari. I, I know. I know you do. I like him more. I certainly like him more than you do. Byron Young in like the sixth round could be interesting as well. Yeah. It's smaller but, player. But are you talking about UT Byron Young? Because yes. he's going in the third round in mock drafts. That, if that happens, then I luck. think I think it's going to happen. 
Like uh, that's I kept him off my list because I was like, okay, Byron Young in the fifth. And then I go and look and see where he's being drafted and where he's be being right. mocked by other all these people, and he's being mocked in the third. And I'm just like, nah, that's too rich for my blood. I, I agree with you because again, it, really nice skills. I like a lot of the things he does. He he's quick, explosive. He's just not that big, um, and he's going to get pushed around in the run game. I think in the NFL. So I, I think he's. But but again, can you come? Is if you can get value for in the fifth round and he can come off the edge on passing downs, like I'm all for it. But I think uh, you might be right if he's if he's up in the third, then I don't. Yeah, I don't, that, I don't want anything to do with that. I, that's what I feel like this edge class isn't being valued properly. Um, I feel like it's kind because of, I like Lonnie Phelps is borderline undrafted free agent. And I'm thinking that, man, I don't know. Lonnie Phelps has got some strength to his game. He's got some leverage. And I really like what I see. Same with, you know, in Isaiah Land. And, you know, I keep bringing those guys up. I mean, I've just I've seen it. I've seen them go against some of the top tier talent in, you know, offensive linemen and they they do really well. And I, I just think that this edge class is a little out of whack and people really aren't sl- at least the draft nerds are not slotting yeah. them properly. I, I think you might be right. Tui Tui Pelotu, I, I love that player. I think he's really good. I yeah. like the two that I like the most Belen are probably Pahoku in uh from uh San Jose State. He's another one. Uh what's the guy? Uh Ramirez um is another guy that uh Jose Ramirez. I mean, there's I don't know, I just feel like I'm good with eight aid because I I know and because I'm gonna I'm cheating and I have him on my defensive interior as well. I do too because he's Ed Oliver. You can put him on the edge. You can put him on inside. It's kind of like what they do with Jeffrey Simmons sometimes. I think he's that guy. I think he's that good. So if he's there at forty one, I'm like all in. Give give me that guy. Well, so I think that there's a chance he could fall to the third. Like this is what I think to your point about being valued properly at this position. I think if they have an extra pick then I think there's really good value between the second and third round at this position. Maybe even the four, if you get a fourth round pick extra because you've traded back, this is a good position to target in the fourth round. Like I, I think that this is one of those where if you get the draft capital, there's some really good value at this position in the middle rounds. Uh, and I think that's fair. There's not anybody outside of Will Anderson. I agree with it. Number one that I would take. So I started my list with basically second, third, fourth rounders. And that sounds like kind of something what you did as well. But again, we both like McDonald. I really like Derek Hall and Tui Pelotu, but again, not till the third or the fifth, or if you get a fourth, maybe. But other than that, you know, there's not a guy that I'm in love with so much that at 41, if you don't have extra picks, you take Jackson Smith and Jigba at 11 or Paris Johnson at 11, or, or, or certainly if you take a corner at 11, you cannot come back and take even the guys you love, 8-8 or McDonald or You take 8-8 at 41 all day long. Okay. I, right. I do not care who is there. I do okay. not care what you drafted, unless you drafted Edge. <laughs> um, <laughs> unless you drafted Edge at 11, you take 8-8. I, okay. I, right. I fully, fully, fully believe that he is a top-tier player and will be one of the best defenders in this class. I, I am out on taking an edge with one of the first two picks unless you've traded back. And you know you can get, if you've got two-thirds and you know you can get a receiver and a tight end or a guard and a, t- and a receiver... I need extra picks before I take somebody in the first two rounds of this position, which brings us to the cornerback position, because I think corner is the position in which I, I would not be shocked if they take one in the first or the second round. I think those are, in fact, I think it's among the top three or four options for the Titans. I think you've got Christian Gonzalez or Devin Witherspoon at 11, potentially, if they fall. I think Gonzalez is better. So those are my top two. Uh, and then I think Emmanuel Forbes, Cam Smith, either one of those two guys available at 41. One of them could fall to you at 41 and do not be surprised if they take a corner with the first or the second round pick. I think this is the most likeliest defensive position for the Titans. I I think that if they do Christian Fulton's gone, I think he's gone this year. Like I think he's gone this week. If this is the case, like I, I don't, I I've not moved away from this. I've, I've had this in my bones. I think that Christian Fulton, I write about it tomorrow on stacking inbox.com about basically who matters and who doesn't matter to the NFL uh, draft strategy for the Tennessee Titans. Christian Fulton matters in the sense that I think he's getting traded this weekend. Nobody's talking about it. Don't, don't you. So if they want to compete for the division or maybe not, that's the, maybe that's the wrong phrase. If they want to be, don't you think they need Christian Fulton and the draft pick? No, because they have Roger McCreary, Elijah Molden, Trey Avery, Sean Murphy Bunting. Okay. They have the defensive line. Christian Fulton can't stay healthy, so who really cares if he's there or not because he's probably not going to be there for four or five games anyway. And Mike Vrabel, much like he was on David Long, seems to be pretty out on Christian Fulton. He's brought him up numerous times. 
I just think that within the last year of your contract, you trade trade him away for a fourth-round pick. I'd be all on board. As long as you've traded or you've gotten Julius Prince in the second round, which I think is a real, real possibility if he's still there at 41, or if you trade down and get uh, Joey Porter in a trade down and you trade with 17 with the Steelers, which would be pretty ironic that you trade with the team <laughs> played for and you draft Joey Porter at 17. And also I think that um, if you were to stick and pick at uh, Christian Gonzalez at 11, at, at this point, Christian Fulton cannot be relied upon as an important piece going forward. And that includes this year. I guess I just look at the entire cornerback room and I've got those same exact questions. Like Roger McCurry has some questions about development. I really like him. I think he's going to be a fine player. I really like Elijah Molden, but can't stay on the field either. Like I could see them needing four or five guys instead of just two or three guys. And so I could see them taking a corner and not trading Fulton and thinking this is what we need to fill the room out, which again, I guess is possible. Again, I like Forbes and Smith in the second round. My question about Brent's, I think he could end up as a safety. I think he could play corner, play nickel, Big size, big frame, uh, you know, like he he could easily be like that. I don't know who, who is the, uh, not the Dane Crookshank or the Theo Jackson type, but I think he could play in the box. They could play him as a safety. They could play him as a corner. They could play him inside, they could, outside. But they probably won't. I mean, he is an outside corner. Does he, he, have- he, has, he has the length. He has the strength. He has the frame. He has the athleticism. He is an outside cornerback. I mean, it doesn't mean that they can't move him around and do things here and there, but this you're talking about to me he's the number four cornerback on my board i've got him at number five but i've got him in the third round yeah well he's he's a second i think he'll go in the second round pretty easily you know i got joey porter in a in a trade down at number two on i mean i was talking about just overall when i said that about brents uh darius rush is my third for the titans at in the third round i have caillou blue kelly in the fifth round and Corey trice in the fifth round as uh to round out my top five and then i also have anthony johnson out of virginia as a seventh round slash udfa it kind of like a ancillary six for you guys i i don't know about the size obviously but trey tomlinson at a tcu the compete level the fight the speed the athleticism super twitchy but he's really only a nickelback so we're talking fifth or sixth round for him and then, then now um, you got three nickelbacks yeah, well, exactly. I mean, I mean, uh, might as well get a photograph and, you know, that way you can remind us all. Rest all John Wright out of Oregon State. I like him a lot as well. Big size. Uh, very. He's a really big contested catcher. So if, if you're going up against big physical receivers, he is a really good uh, sort of good length, great in the zone. He's a guy who might be available in the fifth or sixth round as well. So those are some names there. But again, I'm, I'm with you on Gonzalez or Witherspoon in the first round. I like Porter a lot but it better be a trade back. No one under six feet is allowed on this team in, in the secondary <laughs> class. Uh, so I guess that- out on, I, Cam Phillips or Clark Phillips out of Utah, out on him. Don't need him. He's 5'8". Like, what are we going to do with him? Get him out. You got Elijah Molden. You have Roger McCree can go in on a pinch. You don't need more of the same. We need outside guys. Like, outside wide receivers, they need outside corners. Uh, I think Cam Smith would fit out there as a man corner from South Carolina. I like he I like would do pretty game. good, but I think Darius Rush is better. Uh, and well, in value wise, you get him a little bit later. Uh, because I think Smith and Forbes are both in that like early second round, late first round conversation where Brent's yeah. is kind of located. I really like Caillou Blue Kelly and Corey Trice's fifth round value. Um, I, I got Caillou Blue Kelly in a mock today in like the sixth round. I was like yeah. shocked. Cor- um, he is Cor- a good man cover corner, and I, I don't I don't understand it. Corner tends to fly up boards, but you can also find really good ones late. Like yeah. it's a weird, it's a weird position because people well, value it so much. But and now you have Chris Harris, who is go. He wants length. He wants size. He wants physicality. So I think that whatever corner they end up drafting, because they will draft at least one, is going to tell you a lot about the new philosophy of this defense in terms of coverage scheme going forward. So and and I think we'll talk we'll touch on that a little bit more when we talk safeties at the end too, which really is only they're going to draft a safety. I would assume only if they think he's extremely versatile, can play a little bit of man coverage, and they also make a move with Kevin Byard. So we'll talk about safeties last. But there's a couple names on that list. Quan Martin, for example, they had a top thirty visit with I think Trey Dean out of Illinois. Yeah, uh, I think Trey Dean was just a private meeting though. Um, so let's get to let's go to middle linebacker here. Um, listen, I, I, is this the most important position of need on the defense in your opinion? or do you think they're set? I think cornerback's more important. 
um, for this team. They they have to find a cornerback in this draft. They they don't have appropriate corner, uh, I guess, talent, in my opinion. Uh, you know, Roger McCurry's not athletic enough. Christian Fulton's not healthy enough. Trey Avery's not good enough. Elijah Molden struggles with – he's not athletic and struggles with health. You, you got to find something. So this would be second for me. And um, basically, you're telling Monty Rice to kick rocks. Enjoy working at the Gap at Cool Springs Galleria, Monty Rice. Um, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Uh, I didn't like the Monty Rice pick when it was made. It was way, way too high for Monty Rice. Uh, he's turned into exactly what I thought he would be. Nothing. Um, he's not been great. He's been serviceable at best. But when you have guys like Jack Gibby and these other no-name guys come in to look better than you, that's not good. So, but I don't think I'm drafting one in the first three rounds, really, unless like Jack. It would I, that first round dictates so much of what I feel that the Titans can do with like a Jack Campbell, and I think Dayon Henley going as high in the second round I've seen in some mock drafts is a no, little crazy you. to me. Yeah, no, thank I you. like Dayon Henley in the third, in the fourth, and the fifth, but I, I found his meteoric rise in mock drafts to be very odd. Th- this but is sort of the four and five, by the way. Dayon Henley's my fourth on my list, and Jack Campbell's fifth on my list, just because I don't know. If they go premier wide receiver at one and then Jack Campbell's there at 41, like yeah. I'd be okay with that. That that's but, that's what I wrote yeah, down is what I wrote down was the only player I would consider in the second round would be Jack Campbell. That would be the only player I would consider in the second round. Uh if Drew Sanders is available in the third round, maybe you pull the trigger and, and you can get him. I so sometimes middle linebackers fall real fast down boards. Yeah. It, it's very they're traditional. Like running backs, right? I mean, they're, they're they, about as undervalued as running backs. They fall real fast, and you can get real. If you want a starting middle linebacker, you can get one with picks five, six, five, five, and six in this draft. Um, I, I think Henry Toto in Alabama from in the fifth round. Out. The only thing he's is is a little bit small, but they've also done very well with fifth round small linebackers in the last couple of years um my, those are the top campbell and sanders are the only two that i'm interested in in the first three rounds everyone else is wait till round f- five or later and then see who you like um yeah like Dayon henley's like my borderline third i would probably take him in the third round uh but the my top three choices are all in the later rounds anyway so all right let me see, let me let me hear your top three dorian williams is number one I, I think he has the length you're looking for. He has the speed, the determination. He has great tape. I love Dorian Williams. He's not talked about enough. I know Mike is a big fan of Dorian Williams as well. I love everything about Dorian Williams from a player perspective. He's a chess piece. Number two is Ivan Pace, who they've had some uh, extensive uh interest in in the offseason i like ivan pace you talk about henry toto and how small he is ivan pace is he's like a he's smaller but he's like a bowling ball of small and he plays so much bigger than what he is and he is fast he gets at the quarterback he gets some tackles for loss and then cam jones is my number three I, i love some cam jones loved him since the senior bowl great leader he would be everybody's favorite tennessee titan by year two (laughs) <laughs> uh, Ivan Pace is like Dequell Jackson. Uh, if you remember yeah. the old Maryland Colts player, uh, Ivan Pace, 5'10", 231. I've got him on my list as well. Plays behind the line of scrimmage a lot. Great instincts, great speed, loves the contact. Um, I like Noah Sewell out of Oregon. Again, not until the fifth round. I think he's just, uh, you know, the question is, is he just a two-down player, which may be true, and maybe that eliminates him from being drafted. Um, DeMarvion Overshone from Texas has great size. We're talking sideline to sideline, rangy. The guy can go great ball tracker, uh, very physical. He can play against, he can be a pass rusher. You can drop him into coverage and he's good against the run as well. But I like Ivan Pace a lot uh, there. D Winters is another one from an undersized standpoint that could be that hybrid, you know, third down, third down. He would be your kind of like your Dane Crookshank. Like when I watched him, I was like, okay, I could see him being a coverage linebacker safety hybrid. Dude, 5'11", 227, 4'4", speed, all over the field. Popping the game against Michigan. He yeah. was all over the field against Michigan. The guy, guy's great play speed. Um, extremely, you know, obviously not going to be a between-the-tackles like Thumper at his size. But if you want somebody that can that can play the role of that hybrid 
star back kind of thing. The dude can run and he can play in space and he, he, he does everything well. So D winters is a guy in the sixth round from TCU that you, you just keep an eye on. Again, you can get him very late potentially uh, in the draft. Um, other than that, I just don't know. Like if you take somebody in the fifth or sixth round for depth, I think that's fine, but I just don't think this is, while it's a position of need, it's just not something you have to do early. I know Stoney says Marte Mapu. They're very interested in him. Uh, they had, a, I think they had a top 30 visit with him as well. So um, keep an eye out for him out of Sacramento State. I have him on my safeties. He's very much like he, what he says, the Dane Crookshank role. But imagine the Dane Crookshank role in a bigger body and someone that can actually rush the passer too. Like you could put Marty Mapu around anywhere you put him in safety you put him in the inside linebacker you put him outside linebacker i mean he is i have him as the only safety that i'm truly interested in and really it's more of a hybrid role well i think you know we know they want positionless football and and safeties and corners overlap linebackers and safeties overlap like there's a lot of different ways nickel and safety and outside linebacker can all overlap like there's a lot of different ways to to put the best, most athletic people on the field when it comes to, to defensive organization. So I, I just don't know how many defensive players they're going to take. <laughs> that's, that's what's they, really I think it all depends on how much they trade back and do this or that. But I would say two at the max. I'd say then in a trade back, I'd say three at the max. Like, I don't think it's going to go. Yeah. The majority of these picks have to be offense. If, if Kevin Byard and we'll get to safety, but if Kevin Byard is traded, then you're adding safety as maybe a number one. Right. And, and then all of a sudden you probably got a pick for him. So in which case that pick is being used to replace him. Uh, but I think it's a corner and an inside linebacker. If you were, let if me say were, something just because none of these players get traded this week does not mean that they're, they're in the clear. Yeah. Most of these being traded after June 1st would allow a lot more cap, cap flexibility coming in. And then you would have future draft picks for next year. Um, okay. Uh, let's dive into the, unless there's anything else you want to add on linebacker. No, no, I'm good. I do think they take one, uh, defensive tackle here. Uh, number one on my list, man, Maisie Smith out of Michigan in the second round. He's the only guy I'd be interested in. It's not a huge position of need, but that dude is, was the, like everything around the Michigan defense revolved around him. One of the best defenses in the country can play every single position totally disruptive at every stage of the game you can play him as a head up on on the center you can play him as a two you can play him as a three tech like he can do everything uh big giant body six three three thirty like i i love Maisie smith out of michigan so give me he would be my one guy that i might be interested in when in the second round eight eight obviously is on my list i i have mozzie smith at four um yeah here's the thing if the titans the titans were to trade down okay and they took Kalijah Kansi. I would mm. not be mad at that at all. Like, you mean in the I, second round? In the first round. If they trade wow. back in the first round, and they, well, he's a first rounder all day long. And if they trade back into the first round and they drafted Kalijah Kansi and put him next to Jeffrey Simmons, who they just invested money in and have both for the next five years, theoretically, <laughs> it's pretty sexy. It's pretty damn good. Like it's hard to really turn your nose at that philosophy, at that idea. And Danico Autry kind of becomes a little bit expendable, but you know what? You keep Danico Autry. Sorry, TR Tart should have signed your uh, yeah. restricted. We're pulling that shit. I Kalaja can't see and eight, eight, both a little, uh, they're more Aaron Donald size ish, right? Six, one, right. two eighty five. Ed Oliver's another good comp. As you've already said, That's why I like them next to Jeffrey Simmons and think that they can, like, I, I think Ed Oliver, I think Aaron Donald or Donald. Um, I think of those. And then you think, but then you have Jeffrey Simmons, like, right, right, right. You're not, if as you're talking about, about winning in the trenches and you're talking about competing, if you don't get your quarterback and you go and get a defensive tackle that you can pair with Jeffrey Simmons, you're feasting. You uh, that yeah. other quarterback's yeah. not going to have time to do anything. And both Ada Aid and Kalaja Kansi are very, very athletic players that can allow you to be able to maybe uh, compensate for the speed of or the elusiveness of a Patrick Mahomes. I, I think both Kansi and Aid, if they're available in the second round, and and because Aid so second round, by the way, I don't, I wouldn't unless you're trading right. back to like twenty nine. Because if they're if they're smaller and you put them next to Simmons, that's the, there's context there that we're talking about. We're adding context to the depth chart there. It's it's easier to put a 282 pound tackle on the field 
if he's standing next to Jeffrey Simmons. If there's no Simmons there, I don't think you want one of these two guys to be your your star middle tackle. But next to Simmons, they're great. I, Smith is a little bit more out of Michigan. It's a little bit more of your traditional star middle tackle. So maybe that's why they don't go that direction. Um, Brian Brise out of Clemson is the only Ugh. one. I, I'm not that if he didn't get injured, this dude would be like a top seven pick, man. Like he he is. He was the best player on Clemson's team a couple of years ago. He dealt with a whole lot of personal stuff last year. He was a number one player out of high school. He's not, he's been nothing but a five-star player. When I am he's been so on far field. out on Clemson people. And um, I'm just, I'm <laughs> good on, and it has nothing to really do with Kevin Dodd. I when's the last, the last good Clemson player, I guess is T Higgins. Well, or was AJ Carroll. AJ Carroll was a uh, Clemson guy, right? So he'd they, be the last had- good defender. They've got some oh, oh just defenders. I'd have to think through the, the yeah. safeties and the linebackers. Uh, the, who's the who's the the Cardinals? Uh, Isaiah Mc, uh, Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, he stinks. He's he's not terrible. Um, he's pretty bad. Uh, he's, Brise, he's not I, living up to his draft draft stock. I think Brise would be very very good if he had if and would be graded very I'm high. Out. I'm out on if, him if the injury had not happened. But that's a huge huge if. The only other name I want to mention here. And it's because he's one of my favorite players in the entire draft. I don't know if he's a need for the Titans, but he's one of my favorite players in the entire draft. He's one of my favorite players in college football the last couple of seasons. He played at LSU first. He transferred to Baylor with Dave Aranda and Dave Aranda, genius defensive mind. Uh, Saiki Aika at a Baylor is one of my favorite players in the entire draft. He's not until like the third round. I wouldn't consider him, but he is. We're talking about a huge frame, 335. As long as you can get consistency out of him, he is he checks every box of like a prototypical uh, interior nose tackle, defensive tackle. I love his game. Uh, He flashed on film every time I ever saw him play at either LSU or Baylor. I just don't know where he fits on the team. So it's one of those like it's only a pick if you got an extra couple of picks in in the hand. So, yeah, I I mean, that would be all right. I, I think that if you're not getting one of the top guys, don't draft a defensive tackle at this point. It's very similar to offensive tackle that there's not a lot of elite ones that you find in rounds like four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Like you either get one early or you don't find them at all. Right. Right. So I'm with you on that. So I kind of, I kind of, he's one of the few guys that I really love. Safety's here. Uh, obviously, Brian Branch is going to go in the first round. So if they trade back and they trade Kevin Byard, then you could see Brian Branch being an option for this team in the first round. But other than that, I don't think there's anybody in the first two rounds that I'm even mildly interested in. No, no, no. I think you're looking at like you're looking for depth. Like when they drafted Brady Breeze in the sixth round, there's your safety. I think Marty Mapu, uh, JL Skinner's probably a little bit higher than that. Uh, Jartavius Martin is higher than that, but he would be a good, interesting safety pick that is kind of flexible, kind of like Marty Mapu, but in a different way. You could play slot corner and box safety. Um, but that's too high for him. Like where he's going is going to be too high. And Jair Brown is, is interesting. And so, but JL Skinner, I really like, I think he's got a couple of issues. He's going to have to work out on the field technique wise. But like you said, unless Kevin Byard is gone, safety really should not be a concern unless it's drafting someone like if, unless it's drafting Marty Mopu, who's being right. labeled as a safety. And really he's just, defender like right like, that, that is his title is defender like if if you have extra picks and you've traded Bayard, then all of a sudden like jordan battle is an option in the fourth round or something but like again there's not really a need brandon hill out of pittsburgh i like him uh undersized explosive needs a little bit of polish but he's got all the athletic traits you want out of a, a player I, I think pat narduzzi defensive players are very well coached and uh, I think he's a guy in the fifth or sixth round that could be value. I like Antonio Johnson. That's fine, but you don't need him unless you've traded Bayard. I do like Jair Brown a lot, though. That's a guy, super versatile, physical, great ball skills, needs to kind of refine the position, but kind of has everything that you need. 5'11", 203, played a lot of high point safety, played a lot of in the box safety. They moved him all over the place, so at the kid out of Penn State. But again, a lot of those guys are probably targeted for the third or fourth round. And you just can't use that asset on a safety unless no. you unless you've traded Kevin Byard for the pick. So right, it's not really worth. Safety is just kind of a weird position this year for this team. So I mean, you right. paid him, you paid him on a hooky, a money hooker, a bunch of money. <laughs> like yeah, right. I mean, it just doesn't make sense that really draft a safety. Uh, all right, uh, total offensive preview on Thursday. Total defensive preview today. Lots of rumors. We're heading into draft. We're gonna have like a quick short show on Thursday. 
uh, that's going to give you some like bold predictions for the draft, first round of the draft. But really, Thursday night, Sinker's Draft Party, uh, Kingston Group as well. Make sure you come uh, check out the – come on by. we got tickets available. All the money is going to proceeds. Uh, all the proceeds are going to our kids – foundation which is a charity here in middle tennessee that helps children so if you like booze and you like football and you like food and you like helping children come to our draft party of course presented by sinkers you can read all the stuff that zach does where stacking the inbox.com uh got articles coming out all week uh tomorrow talking about uh about 10 to 12 tennessee titans players that are currently on the roster that either matter or don't matter to the nfl draft strategy Oh, interesting. I like that. It's good stuff. That's the kind of stuff you only get at stackingtheinbox.com. Football and other F-words, all the other great shows across the 440 Sports Network. There's going to be some special guests uh, from a content standpoint on Thursday night. So again, we're not going to be live at 1 o'clock on Thursday. We'll have a little something for you guys, just kind of a quick preview. But really, Thursday night draft party, we will go live. When the Titans go on the clock, we'll give you instant reaction with some special, special guests. Very famous. Many people are talking about it. Many, 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 people people. Are talk- many people are talking about it. So come come hang out with us. Uh, Kingston Group, Sinkers, thanks for making this show happen uh, as well. For Zach Lyons, I am Braden Gall. Draft Week is finally here, folks. Cannot wait for Thursday night. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you Thursday night. Thursday night.